list as many makeup products as you can. Go. Um, uh, eyeshadow, eyeliner, uh, the foundation, uh, lipstick. <laughs> Did I get most of them? You got you got a good amount of I them. I got the whole face, I think. Whatever. I got the, you I got the eyes. Concealer, brow pencil. All right, cons- Concealer is a huge part of the. No, that one doesn't. I feel okay, like that I'm doesn't sorry. count. I feel like I got the like like if you want to. I feel like I got you said the look. eyeliner, eyeshadow. I feel foundation. like I got the. I got the. Oh, the bus is outside. Uh, see it from the window. Let me quickly put on this to uh, impress Tom at school today. Look. Okay. Right. Um, like a quick. Get okay, up and yeah, go. you forgot mascara. That's important. Always remember that I in said, life. Wait, eyeliner, eyeshadow. That's still like. No, you did a good, good job. I'm, I'm actually very impressed. I got the I, whole eye gang. Mm-hmm. And you okay. did it very quickly. So good job. Mm. Well, you know, I be. <laughs> you be what? Uh, Applying makeup by yourself in the dark so in your room. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Strange Flavors. This is brought to you by Aleph Theory. My name is Faraz. My name is Amber, and still no shimmer. Still no shimmer. Still, uh, you know, advocating for all the snails, international <laughs> <laughs> level. Um, uh, he'll be he'll be back soon. Uh, have a safe flight, snaily shimmer. <clears throat> um, guys. If uh, you want to email us or follow us on social media, you know the deal. Uh, it's at Strange Flavors on everything, and the email is strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. So hit us up with any questions, any stories, any guests you think you should be on here, or any opinions you would like from us, even though you don't care about them. Um, we have an awesome contest coming up. Actually, it's, it's, it's in session right now. Uh, if you go to um, our YouTube page and you comment, um, one like your take on one of the topics we talked about on the last strange exchange um you this is strange entered. exchange number five right are you sure yes okay. i said it wrong last time but it's strange exchange number five if you go on that youtube video and you comment your opinion or take on one of the topics we talked about you could win a free a lift theory hat no shipping nothing oh, uh, absolutely free um and we will pick somebody at random that comments so make sure to do that if you want a chance to win um, we got some shows coming up, people, uh, in your area, so make sure to come and check us out if you're there. Uh, April 3rd, we're doing University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. April 13th, we're doing University of Maryland College Park. April 19th, we're doing UMBC. So come out and check us out live. Snap, snap. Um, we got, we got to go back on this topic again, Amber, um, that okay. we just did about cultural appropriation. So <laughs> Bruno Mars has been in... Um, the, the he's the getting the heat he's getting recently. the heat right now um it actually it actually came up from this activist um her name is uh seren sensei i think um and she was accusing she's uh she's her video went viral online is that the one that was on twitter with the twitter moment yeah she yeah, was okay. yeah she was talking about um bruno mars and uh he's uh pretty much benefiting off of um traditional black music so hip-hop and mm-hmm. you know uh r&b and jazz and funk right. um and she's saying that he's a cultural appropriator he is racially ambiguous um and he's not black at all i mean like so bruno is uh his mother is filipino and his father is puerto rican and jewish so she means that you know like he doesn't nobody really knows what he is so he's uh taking advantage and profiting off of black music um what did you sort of take it did you hear about yeah so i actually saw this and i had a couple of emotions about it yeah um so one when i saw her video i could see kind of where she was coming from but a lot of me was 
very like not understanding of why she was applying she said something about how like michael jackson and all these people and how like they wouldn't apply to today's and i feel like she's forgetting that like bruno mars has like that wow factor which is just like different from the music that's happening today like Mm -hmm. i don't really know what to say his genre of music is and if i did i would say like three different kinds well it's interesting you say that because she was like you know bruno mars is not original at all he literally remakes everything and he's a karaoke singer which is which, which is funny. isn't true um but the thing about mj was like um i think maybe she was saying that because how he uh he he was he appeared to be white later on right right and did that have something to do with his success mm-hmm. like a lot of people she's saying that um the that people have realized that they prefer their black music and their black culture from a non-black face and uh that i find like i've always thought of that like would mj be as successful if he was always you know appeared to be black mm-hmm. um another artist is eminem who you know did benefit off of quote-unquote black music uh but even in a song without me he says i am the best well he says like i am the best thing since elvis presley to do black music so selfishly and use it to get myself wealthy hey here's okay. the and then it goes on but anyways um so he acknowledges that like mm-hmm. he knows that that's that's the case and there are a lot of people that so where she's coming from like you know that can be true and mm-hmm. and for eminem i don't think he would have been as popular had he been black right. um i mean he's extremely talented there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. um and you know hip-hop culture in general recognizes eminem as one of the greatest to ever do it uh but at the same time did he have to try a little bit harder when he was coming up and was he dealing with things like that you know these are all things to consider yeah without a doubt i think that obviously his racially ambiguous self helps him in ways but at the same time it has to do with a lot of the person similar to how i said in the last podcast there's a lot to where you pay respects and stuff and bruno mar pays his respects all the way to black culture. He's said, you know, that a lot of music has derived from black culture and this and that. And I feel like he has kind of made this different kind of music that's not something that you generally hear. And I can't say that all of it is, you know, that he's like appropriating black culture by anything specific that he's doing. I feel like it's very unique and I I can't necessarily say that, you know. I think, yeah, I think it comes down to, paying the homage and respecting it and yeah you're right like before uh this all even came up in a 2017 interview with latina magazine he said when you say black music understand that you are talking about rock jazz r&b reggae funk doo-wop hip-hop and motown black people created it all being puerto rican even salsa music stems back to the motherland africa so in my world black music means everything it's what gives america its swag so like if that's not you know paying homage Mm -hmm. i don't know what What is is. and he and he goes on to name a bunch of black artists that have inspired his music and says i wouldn't be here without them um and it's like i i don't know what more do you not want bruno mars to make music at all if that's what he's inspired by so like what's okay so i want to propose this question to those people it's like what music can he make that would be okay is he supposed to make like you know latina music only or something i don't know if his music's so different and it's like you know there's not really many people who make music like it then like he's really doing his own thing what can he make if this is appropriating black culture what can he do that's not it's good to see that a lot of black artists actually stepped up um and um you know charlie wilson from the gap band uh sean king who's a huge activist they both were like you know this is uh, ridiculous to say something like that and um 
you know, people were saying, you know, uh, Bruno Mars stole. And, and you remember when we were talking about this, I didn't prefer Bruno Mars to win the Grammys that he did. Right. He won what? He won six Grammys for 24 Karat Magic, mm-hmm. uh, his album. Um, and But at the same time, I'm not going to say that he's not talented. Like, he's he's insanely talented. He's an amazing singer. He's an amazing dancer. He acknowledges everything that he that has inspired him. And it's awesome that he's so versatile in, like, what he does because of his inspirations. And at the end of the day, again, I'm going to say this a million times but like if you don't like that he won that many grammys blame the grammys right like you guys keep hating the player hate the game seriously but um on this on the same subject uh is somebody that we can we can flip it around and like um talk about somebody who doesn't respect the culture as much i guess it's little zan Mm -hmm. little zan over um the weekend was uh he was this interview came out with him um on revolt tv and he was saying that tupac's music is uh boring and that is like um, that you can Lil Xan can have his opinion, right? Anybody can have their opinion about, you know, what they think of it. But it's the f- it's it's the way that he said it and stuff. And people are blowing it out of proportion. I don't think you should give him the attention that he's trying to get to mm-hmm. get famous because he's gotten all this attention by being by naming himself Lil Xan. And that itself is like, you know, controversial. And he gets that attention. And like we're all feeding into it. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's like he's he's a 21 year old kid just like how the logan paul situation played out right. this this white male who's never really like when when you're hit with that much fame and power so um, young and so dumb you feel entitled right and you feel like you're unstoppable and you can say anything you want and your opinions are going to uh you know only make you more talked about and everything yeah. and that's what he's doing and that's fine but like if if hip-hop doesn't want to accept him don't talk about him yeah i think plain and simple like don't even waka flocka and like ti or like yeah he's banned from hip-hop like all right man like <laughs> let the kid do you're still thing. talking he's about him doing... and people are still gonna right. stick up for him and just ignore him and yeah. again like it's not gonna stop him from making music and it's not gonna stop him from saying what yeah. he wants to say so and and again just how we just how uh you know vogue india you can talk about with uh, Kim Kardashian, the Grammys, you can talk about Bruno. Okay, if you want Lil Xan to stop being in hip hop or something, then talk to these festivals and and radio shows that put him on, and uh, I don't know, like call them out because Lil Xan is gonna still try to market himself how he's doing perfectly. Mm-hmm. Logan Paul marketed himself great and it worked out. Like you just keep bringing that uh, that energy and that's what happens. Right. Um, but yeah. Guys, please calm down with this culture vulture, <laughs> culture vulture BS. Like, no, where where people aren't doing it, like, don't stop searching for it. Right. Let's spread culture. Let's spread positivity. It's important to be woke and it's important to be aware, but don't go searching for something that's not there. Yeah, especially people that are paying homage. Like, what what more do you want them right. to do? Uh, yeah. Um, do you want to do these questions or should we? I, I guess we'll do sods and then maybe yeah. next week we'll do another. Okay, so um. Our friend uh, Scumbag Scott, as we like to call him, uh, he had a question that he was upset that we didn't answer last time on the podcast. So this time he sent it in over text message. So it's very important that we get this in. Um, he says, uh, my question is, success is pure, purely subjective. So I would like to ask, how does this crew of strange flavors measure success? Can you guys elaborate on some goals you have set in your life that when accomplished, you would feel successful in your life or career? And uh, we're uh, about to run out of time. So Amber, why don't you take this one before? Uh, I think that success obviously is measured based off of what you find in life to be where you want to be and where you would like to be and kind of where you end up and where you see yourself going. So, I mean, specifically, I guess, 
my version of success would be where I am at that time in life and how I feel like I'm doing because I can't really pinpoint something years from now and say this is success. So you're saying in moments you measure success rather than like, you know, overall timeline. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put a number on success. I'm not going to put, I would almost say that success will come from the feeling. Like I'll know I'm successful when I feel successful. Are there times where you felt like, you know, wow, I'm successful. I feel like, you know, life is made up of a bunch of little moments like that. And I feel like I've gained success in many different ways. Um, and obviously I have a lot more to come. So. Can you name like a few moments that you were like, oh yeah, like this is. Yeah. So like when success. I was the president of the MSA, we had events all the time. And there's a lot of times where I look back and I'd be like, there's probably a hundred people here today. And like the things that we got from this event, like, yeah, I put two weeks into this and I spent every hour today, every mm-hmm. minute last night, like putting this together. And at the end of it, you turn back around and you're like, this was worth every single second. And I feel a personal level of success from that. Nice. And so I feel like life is made up of a bunch of little moments like that. And ultimately, like when, you know, you kind of keep going, it's a feel you'll get I, I don't want to put like a number or a status on it dope what about you you have a quick answer or nah nah success is uh oh god he has this is, voice on. is degrees <laughs> oh my lots god. of degrees and <laughs> uh just pretty much be a doctor i oh, think if you're man. a doctor you're su- like what more success is there than a, doc- a doctor come yeah. on seriously coming from the <laughs> the two creatives themselves sitting right here not being a doctor not being a lawyer not being an engineer you know but uh, in my day, I didn't have the same opportunities <laughs> that you have. To. Anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take um, we're gonna hear our guest take on success today, which you're gonna which is gonna blow your mind because he's amazing. an amazing person and he can preach for days. Uh, it's it's awesome to listen to him. Um, he is a uh, an artist. Singer, he's a activist, filmmaker. filmmaker what what is everything? He, but he's um he's woke AF and uh, it's it's awesome listening to him. So uh, it is our pleasure and our honor to introduce Khalil Ismail. It seemed like every day our life get faster and faster. Ain't no time for reflection, just surviving the pressure. No time for calling or visiting. I send a text message. I ain't seen mom in months. No, she's worth more than that gesture. See, all is boring, this pain. I'm just kidding. We're not gonna. Thank I you. can't even sing that entire song. But um, that do you do you do age or do I do age? Mm-hmm. Some people don't do age, and so that's why I'm respectfully asking. I don't if mind. That's something. Age. Okay. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven years old. How are nice. you feeling? I feel great. Mm. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah, I feel awesome. I want to ask you a question right off the bat. Yeah. How did you get? Somebody from the Lion King on a song with <laughs> Traveling in South Africa, actually. So That's where uh, you did that? Yeah, I did it in South Africa. Well, yeah, I did that in South Africa. Yeah. So, I, you know, because I, have, I know some people have done some music with some people in South Africa. The people, they, they live there. Right. So, you know, they have to Are know. they just like, you just go there and then they're just like, <laughs> oh, it's the Lion King people? Or how do you? No, 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 no. The, people, the person who I work with, uh, his name was Zane. Like, he knows those people and mm-hmm. so he actually had them in songs before so i was like what i said i gotta have them on a, a song like, is it like a is it like a song a group that they're famous for um they 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 they, they do a lot of backing vocals and that type of thing yeah and then they are a group they are like a group like in south africa mm. yeah that's so cool yeah um well for people that are tuning in now um let's let's go into 
who you are and what you do for those people that don't know? I'll start out with, you know, my name is um, Khalil Ismail and I'm an artist uh, as well as a, a um, uh, filmmaker and uh, business owner. So, you know, I have my own production company. Um, and so, and I travel around the world and I do music and I've, um, and I do art. And then, you know, I, I'm, I do community work. So I do mentoring work with youth and that type of thing. Mm. Um, so, so what's, mm-hmm. what's sort of like the uh, central um, theme or message that you try to convey through your art? Um, I like to talk about the human condition. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's not one theme, but I'm an observer of people. So, you know, I'm always writing songs about things that I've observed in the human condition. So I don't always have to have a conclusion, but I like to make observations and make people think about things from angles that maybe they haven't thought about. So it's like woke music, yeah. <laughs> woke art, right? Yeah, that's what that's what they call it yeah, now. Yeah. And it's funny because when I was when I started doing this music, like you know, the whole phrase being woke and that type of thing, mm-hmm. that, that stuff wasn't in style. Oh. So like being woke is far more in style now than it was when I started. You know, now you know you have a lot more lanes for that type of thing. But when I started, you know, they they you know if you did music like what I did, it was around that time when it was like okay. You know he's conscious, or you know, yeah. That Maybe it gets thing. recognized in a better way now than it, it does get recognized in a better better way than it does now. There's more room for it, you know. Because it's funny thing. when people say, you know, for example, with rap music, yeah, that it's like, oh yeah, rap music is, you know, it talks about women and drugs and this yeah, and that. Yeah. But there's always been woke rappers at the same time. Absolutely, Talib Kweli and you know, uh, Most Def, mm-hmm. even Tupac had. Yeah. Tons of conscious rap in here, yeah. so I yeah. always find that funny. But yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there is there um, a uh, a point where you sort of realized uh, you know something in your life or something where you where you sort of took on this responsibility to like you know do this put uh, your art towards community efforts and stuff? As a child, mm-hmm. I always had um, a, a concern and care for for you know people who had less, even as a child. Like I was. But as a child, like I was, you know, I hate to be typical, but I was like, I wanted to be an athlete. You know what I'm saying? So it's the whole athlete thing. But I was really good at basketball and stuff. So that's all I did was play that. And so as a child, I remember wanting to play basketball so I could open up these shelters for people who had less. And I, you know, I didn't always understand why people oppress people and that type of thing. So as a child, I always thought about these things. At the same time, the music I listened to was varied and that I listened to the most ratchet stuff from the most ratchet stuff to and I didn't really evolve into conscious stuff until later. You know what I mean? But because I think I had a good upbringing. What do you mean ratchet stuff? Meaning like hoes and, you know what I'm uh, saying? Like, you know, like Snoop. Snoop. Like, for example, Snoop, like doggy style, right? Like yeah. this, this joint. I had to sneak and listen to that, you know, my parents. <laughs> but this is a good thing. The fact that I had to sneak and listen to it meant that I had parents I knew right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't realize that that made a difference because a lot, maybe some of my peers, they didn't know. They, if they didn't have, if you didn't have to sneak, that was probably another issue. But the fact that I had to sneak was good and that I knew right from wrong. So eventually when I got older, you know, I gravitated towards that which I was taught. And so I give my parents, I give my upbringing a lot of credit because they gave me good morals, a good moral foundation. Um, but when I was young, I was very, very... Um, attracted to like you know just hip any type of hip hop it could be conscious mm. it wasn't like i didn't discriminate against it but it was just like i love Pac and you know but then also love like when you know even g-unit and stuff like that i was like i i, I listened to 50 
like a lot. I listen to Biggie a lot. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I was influenced by these rappers who who just they, they hip hop was really exciting. What did you see in uh, Fifty and G Unit? Yeah, because talking about Tupac <laughs> and Fifty are two very mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. different type of rappers. Mm. I guess Fifty is more sort of like the gangster, like you yeah. know when you think of gangster rap, like that's the yeah, face yeah, yeah. of it. Fifty was um, just raw. Mm. You just like the raw power. Like there's something about about hip hop that has this power. Like before, and it's not really here. Like a lot of contemporary, like hip hop today, like from that standpoint, it's not as raw and powerful. Like it's very kind of dancey and and that type of thing, and I don't have a problem, you know, with the with the direction in terms of the musical thing. But when, when like during the time of Fifty, everything was just like powerful, and like it hits you hard. And mm -hmm. I like that type of stuff. You know what I mean? I just like the fact that it was powerful. You don't think little little Zan is going hard? <laughs> nah, man. It's just even the yeah. groove, like the way the music grooves. Like mm -hmm. you can't, like you can't, like. Like the old hip, a lot of hip hop, you can move your head, and it's like you know it. It speaks to a certain, like I'm gonna be honest, it speaks to a certain aggression within you, you know. And I feel like everyone has that side of them where they're just like, yo, I need to hear something that, that lets me take that out, you know what I'm saying? And then sometimes you had a side where I don't, I don't, don't want to be bothered with that, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's different, different parts of our life. So you know, but that, but when I was younger, that that type of that excited me as a young, you know, a young boy athlete, that type of thing, you know, I just you know. I like how hard hitting, powerful stuff. You know what I mean. So going off of that, like, do you, is mm -hmm. there is there problems that you see in um, the music or media that comes out today, and how that impacts society? Well, I mean, the main the, the, the main difference when it comes to hip hop, the what I don't like about hip hop today is that there, there's not a balance like it used to be in the mainstream. Like there's like you said, there's always been woke artists, right? But they got play. Like Talib Kweli had a had like a, a major number one hit like and it was on the radio mm. nowadays it's one type of music it's one type of sound on the mainstream and that influences people and i don't like that because what helped me to kind of even direct me in how i would do music was the fact that i i could hear that balance in the mainstream and you could be successful you had the lauren hills and you had the Tupacs who would give you the changes songs and things like that mm. and you had other you had people who had mainstream success and who was celebrated mainstream like Kendrick Lamar's, you know, like he's kind of carrying that torch now. Mm. But when you turn on the radio now, you hear one sound, and I feel like it wasn't that way when I was younger. See, I don't care. Like the fact that that's the, that's a sound is it's whatever. You know, that's that's just the trend of of you know how society goes. Society moves in certain directions. But people aren't really listening to the radio anymore like that either, though. Well, it's it's changed in that they listen to. Well, I wouldn't say they do, but it depends on what segment. Because yeah. there's, there's still a number of segments who listen to radio. Um, and then you go overseas and radio is still, you know, people still listen to the radio mm -hmm. even more right. depending on that type of thing. And then they're being influenced. And that's where, because I've traveled overseas, that's the part where I'm honest, like the part of it where I'm irritated. Because like a lot of times the overseas representation of us as artists is changed now from a hip hop standpoint. Because... You know, like black people, like you, you only see that kind of like they call it a mumble rap. You know what I'm saying? And mm. like I said, I've heard different types of art where you couldn't understand what they were saying before. So I'm not one of those people who hates on this generation. But it was you had that, but you also had an evolved intellectual side. You know what I'm saying? And nowadays, I feel like what's happening is you have that one side in the mainstream and that's the representation. And that affects how people think about us even and I've, I've felt it I've been I've, I've talked to students 
who didn't know any better and say stuff like you know so create wild stuff you're me. saying so you're saying like when they when uh, the general public listens to the music you're saying that whatever artist is portraying that's how it impacts that race in general well um particularly with black people because black people tend to our art tends to resonate around the world like right. our style tends to resonate around the world that's just one of the things that god gave us right that's so right. Um, what happens is if whatever whatever is being played or whatever is in that becomes a representation of us whether we like it or not you okay. know what i mean so that shapes even though people might like there's some people they'll i found that black people will imitate black people in, in craziness they just imitate the style but that doesn't necessarily mean they see them in, in a human way okay. you know what i'm saying a lot of, they're still dehumanized in many ways and so it's important that there's a balance of representation you know there that i feel like it's not in the same it's there's not it's not the same as it used to be yeah so mm -hmm. i guess that's um you know your take on what's going on in modern music but let's talk about some of uh your stuff so you have yeah. this song uh called man up mm -hmm. uh why was it important for you to create that um well i was you know i was working with um a guy um etan thomas is a former nba player actually what happened was well there's two things that happened where i work with a lot of guys who like um are in the inner city area, right? And the guys who I know, actually, they're good examples of being parents. They're good examples of being mentors and that type of thing, right? But the portrayal in music, you know, and the portrayal, in, again, in, in mainstream is a little bit different about who we are, like, you know, as fathers, as family men and that type of thing, right? And so that trickles down into the people who don't have the same direction that maybe we had, right? And so I thought it was a good song to kind of just encourage, like, for example, if like, uh, I don't know what version, because I have two versions of that. Do you have the version where it's the poet, the poet is at the beginning? Yes, I saw that yeah. one. I just okay. saw the one on, you, your on YouTube, YouTube. Okay, page. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that version was a version because we, we did like, literally he was going to jails and talking to people and saying like, part of the reason why you're here is that people told you that this is all you're supposed to, like, this is all you can be. So is it it's directed towards black males or is it directed, directed to towards, other people? No, it's, no, it's directed towards to. males in general. Okay, I see. Just direct, directed towards males in general. Even, just that, you know, that you can still be, you know, and it's probably more more controversial top, topic today than probably even when I did it. When oh, I, really? It would probably be more scrutinized today, right, than when I did it. Uh, if I had, if I probably came out with it today, just because of what's going on with how people are dealing with gender roles and that type of thing. But... The bottom line, it was, it was just saying that being a man, well, it, in a way, though, it was kind of saying that being a man is not necessarily the typical thing that you hear. It could be, take, like, if you look at the video, the guy's taking care of his daughter, mm. you know, and in, a, in another case, there is, you know, it's a little bit more typical, and, you know, that this, this guy is a boxing trainer, by the way, who's a trainer of, now who's a champion, by the way, his name is Tank, um, his name is Tank, he, he, was a, he was one of the, I think he was featherweight champion. Now and he's fighting for that championship again. But wow. at the time, he was up and coming, and so the guy who's who was actually training him was has been his mentor. He literally took him and became his like his father. So it was really kind of more to 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 show that there are other aspects of manhood besides yeah. that kind of aggression that people kind of you know normally typically associate associate with it. Okay, so how does a black Muslim experience differ from from a black or a Muslim experience? You say how does the how does the black Muslim experience differ from one or the other? Is yeah. what you mean? 
Like, how does the black Muslim experience differ from just the black or the Muslim experience? Mm, good question. I need to think about that for a second. Um, uh, they, man, both are so me that you said both are so me. Uh, they're so me. Yeah. That, wow. That that I don't. They're like they're close, very close to me. Like, and that's just my perspective. I'm not saying I represent anybody else, that, mm. but for me, like they're very. They're very related. Like um, you feel the entirety of both of them, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, Not yeah, like yeah. the separate and, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because we, I think these days a lot of um, different conversations we hear is that this is a separate sort of yeah. uh, identity yeah. that people feel. I, I think particularly uh, women. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's where it differs. Yeah. Um, I don't know because, you know, it's funny because I'm in these both, I'm in these arenas. I'm, I'm very active in community work in the Muslim field, and I'm very active in community work in just the, in the field of being in the inner city. And I've been that, and I guess partly because I was an athlete and that type of thing, I've always been very comfortable in both spheres mm-hmm. um, because I moved in those spheres since I was a kid. Right. So I don't really know how to I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how to separate. I'm just, you know, you're actually making me think about the fact that I don't really know how to separate the two. Wow. And they have parallels like, you know, like the discrimination mm. and and, you know, the, the, the feeling like you're you don't get the same uh, the, the, the same shake and the fair shake and that type of thing. They're both. But then it's 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 a beautiful thing, too, to me. Like for me, it's beautiful to be both because, you know, I'm a person who I've always liked the underdog and being the underdog and that type of thing. And I've liked, um, I think there's an advantage to not having, you know, people, there is an advantage, there's a disadvantage, but there's also an advantage to not having the privileges of some people because you get to see things that other people don't necessarily see. You know, like when you have, when you think you're supposed to have everything, right? Then you have this blind, you have blinders on, you feel, you know, whereas when you, when you feel like you're supposed to earn everything, when you feel like that, then you can, it gives you a more humble perspective. So I'm appreciative of having that hardship. You know what I'm saying? I'm appreciative of having that hardship. Now, someday, that does, it doesn't always mean it's fun. I, I rage against certain things, you know, you know, very loudly at times because I don't like injustice and, you know, and that type of thing. But at the same time, I'm a, in, in the grand scheme of things, I will say this. My Islam informed, for me personally, Islam is a set of principles, right? that so it informs how i act as a black person right so it 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 governs it right so they they the two mesh like i know that like i have so i have my boundaries like there's some there are things that i feel as a black person sometimes that that to be honest because you know it hurts that 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 people that the, the, the mass incarceration and things like that it hurts right so sometimes, like, you know, you had days when you want to just be like, you know, you, you might want to return some, some injustice with some injustice, right? But because I have Islam, the Islam balances that and says no. Cause, cause, so I have a higher purpose than my skin color. And that's that I want to get to God forgiven, right? So, and that's not about skin color, you know? And, I, you know, I remember I posted these, this, this quote where I was just thinking, I was like, you know, it's ironic that when we go into the grave, our skin literally dissipates it it disintegrates and we all look the same like we're just bones and everything like that in the grave right so really this this temporary state that we're in right it's it's a test you know what i mean so islam i don't look at as like like black is who i was born as right Mm -hmm. i can't control that you know i i I make no choice in in that and how people treat me but islam gives me that freedom you know what i'm saying so i don't 
they don't for me they don't conflict anyway if you get what i'm saying because and i was born muslim you know my parents you know islam my, my father was talking to me about a law before i knew how to listen before i knew how you know so so for me it's like i don't <laughs> wow yeah i was tired before this interview i am not <laughs> tired right now that was even if you're not even if you're not you know a minority even if you're not muslim yeah. that right there what you just said is yeah. so powerful right like wow. that's that's crazy yeah. and also shout out black privilege charlemagne the god because uh <laughs> yeah every did, time yeah. every time i can like every time i think of something like what you just said i always remember that and i'm gonna shout that book out every single time i I get a chance because I haven't read. I, so I heard it. Was, I mean, I heard it was good, but you know, I have that feeling too. Like there's yes, that's yes, a, it, there's a part like I acknowledge the injustice, right? Because yeah. like what happens is, is like here's here's the thing. Here's what I've learned. I think as a younger kid, I didn't have have this nuance, but you have to acknowledge. Like I have to acknowledge that even as a black person, there's different black people with different privileges, right? Mm. So I'm fortunate because I had educated parents, right? who taught me right from wrong and and i don't have the same like i wasn't a victim of some of the things that the systematic oppression right so therefore i have an option to act like nobody should be affected by it and i've seen people even in my own race do that and i don't like it right so if you come from that perspective right then you have a right to feel like, hey, look, man, I, look, you, you know, you need to give, you need to, you need to spend a lot of your time demanding for your rights. You get the bird's eye view because yeah. you've seen. Yes, exactly. Experienced. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've been on both sides. I've been where I've been on that side and I've been on the other side. Right. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to act also like everybody has the same opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody doesn't, hmm. you know, so. My privilege is my responsibility as a black person, right? Everybody doesn't have even the same black privilege that I have, right? You Facts. see what I'm saying? Because yeah. you are only a product of what you see, what you grow up to see. Like, yes. I know kids, like, we take kids out of the city to different states just to show them something different because mm. some of them haven't gone past their block or haven't gone past their area. They haven't gone from the west side to the east side of Baltimore, right? So that's the only world they know. Hmm. So then you got other people who say, well, you know, education is the answer. Well, it's not the education. It's not the answer for all kids. It's it's not. You know, there's some, you know, education even the answer for every, every de- for other demographics. I mean, there are people who, you know, they got all this education, all these degrees, and they're working at Zales because, you know, their particular um, um, category where they worked, it's no longer exists anymore because of technology. So it's not that simple. So mm. I say that, but I also say that with a, 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 a large concern for people who don't have, I'm very blessed. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, uh, the job of the people who are blessed, and I think sometimes we don't do a good, a job, good job of this, is also looking at people who don't have the same uh, opportunities that we have and giving it to them and finding a way to give it to them as opposed to saying, well, because I was able to get to this place, you should be able to, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You're like on the top level of a building and yeah. other people just don't have the same view as you that are at the bottom. Right, 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 right. And so my job is to send them the is elevator. To, is to give is to, is to take them to the elevator wow. with me and say, see this. Right. But you know what else? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I else. Love though. This right now. But listen, though, they're also they also have a, a view on the top, too, that I don't have. Right. Okay. And so. And so we're exchanging. This isn't a. This isn't a. I'm um, better. Yeah. They have like, for example, when I traveled to Africa, one of the things I noticed, I, I loved about them as people, like 
they didn't have what we have regular even the poorest people in in certain parts of west africa but they had a smile yes they had mm. a they had a they didn't have the stress right and i and i would ask them like you know what do you do during your day i would ask them questions and so i got things from them so in some ways they have they have the privilege of, of having a spiritual kind of calmness that they can give me and even like even in the in the inner cities where you see people you know and you see all the negativity in the news and stuff but you don't see that you know if you drive uber right and you drive 75 percent of people who are in the hood right and they'll be they had the same concerns man i gotta go get my girl a birthday present man my kids x y and z right but they don't have that same they don't they're not worried about it in the same way mm. and we could learn from them you know what i'm saying so it's not even just that i'm on the elevator it's just the, the it's just that the things that people measure success mm. Typically, with I'm a, I, I have I have a I have a I, ha, I do have a, a higher part on on the building, but they have a success that we don't quantify and we don't acknowledge, and then that's also what I like to try to get people who are on the, who think they're on the top where I am. I try to get people to acknowledge that, like, look, but you don't have all the answers. They have answers for you too, so don't just look at it like you're just because some people will go into the places and look like I'm just giving them charity. No, you'll learn if you're smart. You'll learn just as much from them too. Facts. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yes. No, that's so true. I mean, even yeah. when we like uh, when I go to Pakistan, mm -hmm. for example, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like when I work with like these refugee kids, it's like they have this happiness that it's like where like it's almost like where you get it. Like, why are you? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be questioning that. But it's like it's um, seeing the simplicity in life and it and it's more rewarding to you, actually, yep. than it is to them. Exactly. So then talk about um, some of the work that you do um, on a social level. Okay, so you know, I I was um, I was a I, I did I worked at a woman's shelter for like seven. I like helped helped actually start a woman's shelter for like, and I did that for seven years, and then um, across, uh, during that time, well, really in the last I guess ten to fifteen years, I've been doing mentorship. I've done um, I've gone created I've done um, art and creative workshops in inner city and that type of thing, and, and mentored um, kids. Um, Right now, I'm actually teaching a course in art and photo therapy uh, down in, some, in a school down um, downtown um, in the west side in the city as well. And so, uh, and then I, you know, I've done some feed the hungry stuff. So I do a, I, I do a, a number of different things at, at, at different times. That's yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. What do you sort of like um, hope to get out of it or see that you know what values that you instill in there that you get back? Well, now, like, like is really, it working? really, my mission now is to try to really teach kids how to tell their story, you know, um, through in, through if, through whatever media techno technological medium they have okay. access to. So today, you know, we got phones. Hmm. So now you you can record yourself at a certain level. You can um, shoot a video. You can shoot photo. So the, I, the the plan level has changed, you know, in that before the news could kind of shape the narrative. So like what I what a lot of what I'm telling kids today is that you get, you get a chance more than ever today to shape the narrative of how people see you. So a lot of people see you as, you know, people who don't have a future or are not going to make it or maybe you have low test scores or less low grades and they think you're not intelligent, right? But, you know, oftentimes the school system is kind of catered a certain way. So a lot of kids that I'm teaching who may be like, a lot of times they're in, they, they come in detention and that type of thing, they're, very, they're super intelligent, mm -hmm. right? And it's, but they never get to tell their story. And so because the news kind of dominates the narrative, people kind of think, OK, this is how like the re the way that the system has a, has been able to, for example, perpetuate a mass incarceration thing is that 
people thought that people deserved it. And the reason why they were able to do that is because they control the story. You know, so like now, for example, what you're doing today, like you have a podcast, right? And that allows you to tell a story about you that you could never do 10 years ago. You know, you wouldn't have been able to do that, right? So now people can listen to you and the nuance and what you go through. And now they can have an empathy for you that they might not have had before. And now, you know, that's part of the woke generation. That's part of why I think people are more woke today is because you're now, you now have more access to different people and different mediums and you can connect with people. You know, I just hope that we get more. We, we also get out from behind the computer mm. and go see each other and meet each other, too, because, you know, you know, that 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 matters connecting with people in a real way matters just as much if not more you're like one of the only people i've heard call it the woke generation or like <laughs> or like see it as a positive thing because most people um see the new generations as pr- yeah. problematic and you know don't have hopes for it but it seems like you're no the opposite. no man um you know i just posted a, a, a video from i don't know if you heard of this dean squad if you like these the muslim mm-hmm. artists right and i know pe- a lot of people but they're the bottom line is they're 20s they're, they're mm-hmm. like 20 2021 20, right yeah and they're controversial and yeah they have some things that people might say okay like what why are they like because because they're raw because they're learning because they're growing right but i can look at that and take all the things that i feel like they they don't they're not educated in right and they or i can look at it and say yeah but they t- they they took they decided Right. They made a decision. They could have made a decision to try to rap just like everybody else. Right. Mm. So I can look at I can look at all the negatives because every generation has negatives. Right. And yeah, I got issues with some stuff. Millennials. <laughs> I am not going to fight yet. A millennial generation. Say it. Call them out. It's, it's, oh, interesting. No. it's interesting to me, but I don't No, I don't knock. I don't knock millennials because they're trying to figure it out just like everybody else. And who rose? Who raised them? Right. Boom. Like, right. like who raised them? How you going? How do you? How you going to raise some people? Right. And then, <laughs> and then be like, it's your fault. And you're just learning. And and I've seen more than you. Right. And I'm going to act like you just supposed to know right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That has that. And you know who you? You know what? Bill Cosby, man. He taught me that. I remember. 10 years, like 10, 15 years ago, before all this crazy mess with, you know, the molestation stuff. And mm-hmm. I, he used to walk, he used to go around with lectures, right? And talk about how young people were just screwing up, you know what I'm saying? And how we need to open more jazz. We need to be, get more into jazz and what is this hip hop and all this stuff. He would just rag into young people. And I think at the time, probably I was like 21, 22, and 23. And I'm like, yeah, why, instead of doing that, why don't you create a situation where they can actually do what they do? And help them because you got the resources. Mm. You done, you paid your dues, you got the money, right? So instead of spending most of your time telling them what they're not doing, why don't you create a situation to educate them, right? And then if they make mistakes, didn't you when you was 22? Mm. Didn't you when you were 21 and 22 and 23? So I'm going to look at the positives. Okay, before that we had a generation of people before the millennial generation didn't give a crap about mass incarceration didn't give a crap about about equal you know equality didn't really care about equal the fact that women are paid you know at a 70% clip to men doing the same job you know what i'm saying they didn't care but but this that's generation true. this we generation could call them out like yeah, why like, don't you do anything about right, it right right so true. that's why is it here today because true. nobody even fought for that right so I can look at that and or I can say, let me take the positives and then let's talk about the things I don't agree with. And let's see if we can come to an understanding. And if we can't, we we disagree. But y'all trying to figure it out. Just like, and what you are. Muhammad Ali said something. I remember he was in an interview. Right. And he was saying 
he said, um, somebody asked him a question. And they said, yeah, but you thought, like, you said this when you were 21. He said, if I, and he was like 40 at the time. And he was like, he said, if I had the same mindset I had at 21, then wh- what would be the use of me yes. living? Like, you know what I mean? I, I, what did I learn? You didn't change. I was you a didn't waste grow. Of, I was a waste. I was, I was a waste of time. Yeah. So I don't expect people who haven't experienced the same thing to have this, to understand the same things. But I'm going to, so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to celebrate what you do understand that other people in my generation and people higher that are, because I'm not really, because I don't really consider myself like old, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I play ball with, you know, millennials, like I'm, I still, I still, I, hip, I, I do hip hop, I rap, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I don't consider myself, I'm really more, I'm really more with the generation, honestly, I'm with the generation who's still trying to fight for something, man, because. Mm-hmm. Because I see people who are in the older generation than me, and they're cont- I, one of the things that I, that I said I don't ever want to be is just content with, 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 with the bad stuff that's going on. Yeah. And what happens is is that you get older, and that's what happens. And I'm like, nah. So what, whenever, whatever I see that's positive, you know, I'm going to accentuate that, and then we can work on the things that I'm like, yeah, we need to look at that a different way. Because there are some things that we disagree on, you know? You can preach all day, brother. That's, <laughs> I could listen to you all day. Um, <laughs> So to kind of go into your directing and filmmaking side a little bit, can you talk a little bit about your short films? And the one that I'm aware of is The Other Wife and stuff. So if you talk a little bit about that. Um, So uh, I got into, well, I've actually been doing video and short form media. Probably I started that. I'm going to tell you how that actually really started. I was on a college campus. Um, I went to Stevenson University. I was Villa Julia at the time. And I saw one of my friends did this little, he edited this little thing. And I thought it was so slick. Like he, he, he filmed himself like dunking a basketball. And so I said, I got to learn this. So instead of doing my schoolwork, which I should have been doing, I said, I'm going to go in. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to learn how to video it. I'm going to learn how to edit. So I created like this mixtape where I used to go around to school and just interview people. And we just have fun. You know, we just did it. So I, we called it the Village Julie Mixtape. I still got it somewhere. I got to find it somewhere, right? And we'd go around and, and have fun and, and say stupid stuff, right? And then I sold it. And that was really the start of my entrepreneurial pursuits, really. I didn't realize Your it first at the time. film and you sold it. Well, yeah, I was selling, I was selling it out of the... And, and Hustler. It, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I didn't realize how much of it. To? The kid, on the campus, because remember, we all on the campus, right? right? So we having fun. It's one of, it's a lot, it's a close, it's more of a closed campus. Like it's in like this, this closed environment. Oh, so everybody, and I was playing, I play, I play basketball on the team. So, you know, most people knew who I was and most of the basketball players. And like, honestly, we were like the only black kids, like on the, probably like three or four more black people in the school <laughs> after, uh, after us, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so we would go around and, um, you know, and do that. And so, because they knew we were doing it, and they 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 were on it they wanted to see it so i sold them like ten dollars a put them in it and then they have to buy right 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 and i and i and that was the start of my love for doing doing video and it was grainy and it was crappy and it looked like crap but i could you know editing was pretty I, i edited it pretty well right but it, you know, it was like Windows Movie Maker and that type of thing. I was actually curious yeah. about what you used back yeah, then. Yeah, I used Windows Movie Maker, right? So it gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It got the job done, right? And so after that, when I started working, because really in school, when I should have been doing my schoolwork, I was just learning different things. So I learned how to record myself. I learned as an artist. I learned how to engineer myself. I learned how to record myself. All that stuff I ended up doing myself. And then um, me and Umzakia started working together. And me and Umzakia, like, we just, we do a lot of things together, right? We work together in a lot of different ways. And so we, she had this book, um, His Other Wife, that went viral online. Like, like, she was releasing it as short stories. And it went viral online. And we were like, you know what? 
we always we, we were talking about shooting a movie for a while but we were like you know what let's just shoot a short movie with this because everybody seems to be reading it so it'll be a good kind of business thing to get people if they're going to read it they'll probably buy the movie mm-hmm. you know if we do it so that's how that's how we ended up doing that and you know um now like trying plotting on when i when i get to shoot my future film future length so i'm still working on it. like i have a i have an idea of what i want to do um so but i'm still working it out that's dope yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Dean Squad earlier. Mm-hmm. So actually, this was part of uh, one of my questions I had, but mm-hmm. I'll, I might include them again, but uh, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I might change it. Okay, so I'm going to throw some uh, names of black Muslims mm-hmm. that we see in different forms of media a lot. Mm-hmm. And you give me your initial reaction, just a quick one. Okay. Mahershala Ali. Um, very talented actor. That's what just... Lupe Fiasco. Uh I loved his first album, um, second album better. Uh, he's fallen off to me in terms of music as he's got as his music has grown. But I loved his first stuff. Dave Chappelle, uh, brilliant genius comedian uh, and storyteller as he as he uh, as he tells his, you know, as he tells his jokes, just brilliant. Okay, Mike yeah. Tyson, um, uh, amazing uh, life story amazing life story because he like he started out one way and if you listen to him talk now it's just you know insightful brother like yeah he did the boxing thing but if you really listen to him it's like man this is a this is an amazing story i can't wait till the movie comes out that's yeah. awesome i just yeah. wanted to see where like how you sort of <laughs> judge them all based off yeah. you know whether it's uh, a social impact or like you know their craft or whatever but it yeah. seems like you're a very positive person in general but you you acknowledge all of their strengths yeah i mean i'm you know what I'm not most of the time, unless somebody is specific, unless you're asking me about a specific thing, and this is a, a, a thing that Islam has taught me as mm-hmm. well. Unless you're getting us into a specific principle that I disagree with or anything, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, especially if I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna start out criticizing you. Yeah. Um, unless you're just doing something that's just blatantly oppressive and wrong and that type of thing, I'm not gonna start out criticizing. I'm gonna find something that I think is good. And then we work from there. And then, you know, now if you want to tell me, if you want to talk about behaviors or something that happened and we can analyze that, I might be, I might be more critical about, I don't think this was right and that type of thing. Right. But yeah, that's not really how I'm going to go. And that's something that I learned being a Muslim. Really. Yeah. Originally I had Dean squad in there and that's why I, I had, uh, you know, Lupe and Dave Chappelle and Dean squad in there because they are often challenged yeah. both because of their race and yeah. religion. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, mixing it in with the things that they do. So I was just curious yeah. on what you think of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, if you want to ask me about specific um, principles such as, you know, how that goes and, and how I feel like that is, that's a different thing. But like them as people, I feel like they're all trying. I feel like they're all trying in their own way. All, everybody who you name, I feel like they, they really are trying in their own way and they're still trying to figure it out. And what I know, you know, is that, you know, the best you could do is be trying to figure it out and, and it's in a state of evolution and at the end of the day aren't they still promoting uh you know not directly but you know a positive light yeah. on who they are as a person and, and not saying like oh you have to be yeah speaking on the behalf of an entire religion or race just because you're in a higher right higher and level. i and see and that's the other thing i don't i don't look at them as people who who represent me just because they do art Right. You know what I mean? I don't. I, yeah. Okay. You know they do. I see them as representing themselves and being a contribution, but I'm. I'm not like you. Like I feel like sometimes when we're in a minority position, we feel like everyone who looks like us has to do exactly what we think is what they should do. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. They're still human beings, right? And they still have fears and flaws and that type of thing. So I don't look at them. I look at them as a part of of the of the whole thing, not a thing where it's like, okay, you got that position, so you 
have to like be perfect for me. Like you don't even know me like that. So what would you see as the pinnacle of success in the field for you? I don't know. I'm in the middle because I've had so much, like I've been able to have so many experiences. I I just wrote a post. I was like, I feel like I'm, I don't have like superstar money. I feel like I'm the wealthy, but I feel like I'm one of the wealthiest people in the world because Mm -hmm. of my experiences. Like it's wealth that those experiences are wealth to me. And I can talk to people who have all this big following and have all this money and stuff, but they don't know. You they, keep they, that. Yeah. You can't keep yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, any yeah. And so, and then one of the other, and working especially with people who maybe have had more material success than, than me, for example, I've learned that like when they are transitioning into another space, they don't know what to do often. Mm. They don't know how like, they don't know how to run a business. They don't know how to like be self-sufficient. For example, if you're an athlete, right? And you've had everything pretty much served to you all this time. And now you're retired. And if you're a football player, you, you've probably done it like 30 maybe 28, 29, 30. But you, for, for, for that small time, you had a trainer, you had a nutritionist, you had all of this stuff. And now you got to figure out how to live your life and sustain yourself. And you still just really starting your life. Mm. And, but you're now behind, whereas before everybody saw you as ahead, now you're behind everybody. Yeah. So Allah has a way of kind of humbling people at different times. So I'm appreciative of my journey because I feel like I've had a balanced journey throughout in that I've had enough success to be able to say I have some stuff on my resume, but I haven't had enough to where I feel like I, 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 have, I deserve to be in a space. Like I feel like I still got to earn it. I still got to work hard. I still got to hustle. And I hope I never lose that. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're giving too much too early, that's the hardest. To me, that's the hardest test. Mm. That's actually harder than... Then like, you know, grinding and, and when you coming up slowly, that's the that's the actually the best way to be. When you're giving too much too early, boy, think about all the child stars who are no longer around. Because yeah. they messed up in the head because they're like, man, I, I could I wasn't ready for it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you think about all the people who who, you know, kind of pissed away their life and then now they're like 50, 60, they're the most bitter people in the world. Hmm. Like literally, and by the way, that's part of the reason why we have an issue having an issue with the whole millennial divide too. You got a lot of people, I'm gonna be honest, you got a lot of people who are, are in the older generation bitter. who the things that they were aspiring to, it didn't happen for them. Uh-huh. And they don't have, and a lot, of, and you know what everyone wants? Everyone is looking for validation. Everyone wants other people to see them and, and value them. And they didn't get that opportunity on a scale that a lot of people today with the internet are getting. So let's be real. A lot of it is just plain jealousy. Mm. You know, a lot of it is plain jealousy. Like, and you know, and I'm going to tell you, that's a, that's a test that's difficult for anybody. Like, for example, you see certain people and like you've been working for X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden you see somebody else, like, Maybe they were trying to do a radio show, right? And now you've got like thousands of people listening and you got somebody who was trying to do a radio show for 30 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're looking at you and they're like, you know, what did you do? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's a test, but that's yeah. overall answering your question. Success for me is really, did I, did I, did, if I leave this world with my scale of good deeds better than my bad needs and my belief intact, Right. And that I have a chance to be forgiven by God, then I'm then I'm good. So for me, it's all about the process. The results will come. Yes, I want to be. I want to have millions like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, I'm not the saint. You know what I'm saying? I aspire for things. You know what I'm saying? I feel tinges sometimes when I see some pe- people have stuff that I've been working for for a long time. I feel it in my heart. But my Islam informs me to say, check that. Don't allow that to lead you. Don't allow that to lead you. What's right? God has created a plan for everyone the same. You know, in, I'm, I'm sorry, not the same, but he has, created, he has handcrafted a plan for everyone. It's a matter of whether you accept it 
or not. Mm. So I'm working constantly on accepting the plan for me, but working hard for the things that I don't know what I'm supposed to get yet. Yeah. It's a balance. Uh, yeah. Before we hit you with our last question, um, uh, where can people find you online to continue listening to okay. this awesome stuff? So you can, you can find me at khalilismail.com. Um, that's K-H-A-L-I-L-I-S-M-A-I-L.com. And you can find me at, uh, also, like I said, our podcast is labeleddeep.com. And we, we do some things like right now we're about to start. We start, we worked on prejudice in the Muslim community, uh, prejudice and racism within the Muslim community. We're actually about to start, uh, uh, um, the next season on, um, peop, um, relationships, toxic relationships within families, such as the mother father relationship, uh, abusive relationships and that type of thing from a Muslim perspective, because one of the things we realize as Muslim is that a lot of that stuff is not dealt with on a wide scale. Like we have this kind of like, for example, as Muslims, you're just kind of like respect your mom, respect your dad. But we have a lot of cases where people are being abused or the relationship is strained and that type of thing. And we want to bring that nuance. So labeldeep.com, khalilismail.com for as far as social media it's facebook.com slash khalilismail, instagram.com khalilismail, um, uh, Twitter, right? Twitter, Khalil Ismail, YouTube, Khalil Ismail TV. All right, people, nice. you got all that. Yeah, yeah. you better. Amber will ask you our last question, the okay. most important question in the world ever. Okay. <laughs> so, if you could describe yourself as any flavor, what flavor would it be, and why? <laughs> oh Lord, that is hard. <laughs> That's hard for somebody like me. Flavor of food, like anything, whatever you like. <laughs> what flavor best embodies who you are? What's that ice cream, Neapolitan? Where okay. it's like multiple flavors, a multiple. Uh, uh, to be honest, I'm the multiple vanilla, flavors. strawberry, and chocolate yeah, one, right? Yeah, yeah. I okay. would say, I would say I'm Neapolitan because, like, I'm the super chill, laid back guy, and then I'm I'm like jumping around on stage, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm like a big family man, father, you know, you know, and that type of thing. So, I, I'm, you know, you get multiple flavors with me. How about that? Boom, that work? like it. <laughs> All right, Khalil, this was like honestly such an amazing conversation. Thank you We're so much. Thank very you. blessed to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank for you for coming me. on. And for everybody listening, uh, this has been another week, another flavor, a little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. If you wanna be great, embrace and understand the closest in your life might hate, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. And when your status elevates, then they will stop enough to just to see you. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Feel like I've seen it all my life. Started as a young tight thrift store. Clothes, no afford, no Nikes. I rock the pro wings and many pairs laugh. Snicker behind my back, materials that I lack, man.